Elevate Your Running podcast, episode number 69. Thank you for tuning in and joining us this week. I'm really excited for this conversation and the topic that we're going to discuss. Something that's been on my mind a lot, the idea of achieving your full potential and how we can achieve our full potential through performance, not only in training, but also showing up strong on race day and seeing what we're really capable of. This idea came into my head for an episode shortly after my recent half marathon. And during that half marathon, we discussed it in last week's episode. I was really happy with the result. Um, I really felt like I found my top end abilities on that race course. And around mile 10 in my head, and even out loud to my friends who I was able to pace with that day, I was saying, guys, like, you know, this is us performing to our top end potential. This is us showing up and getting the job done as well as we could have, not only from a pacing perspective, but also just the ability to push through when it gets hard and hold on and ultimately leave the race course with no regrets. And from that, I've considered that feeling versus the feeling of not being able to perform to your highest level and how that can leave us feeling a lot of times questioning what went wrong and how we can show up stronger the next time. And that's really what I want this episode to be about. I want it to be a discussion on how we can perform better when the pressure is at a high level. Even if it's just pressure that we're putting on ourselves, I feel that it's extremely important to honor that pressure and to respect it for what it is. Running can be such a pivotal part of our lives because it allows us to prove to ourselves on a consistent basis how strong we are and how we can not only show up and perform in our running, but also in our life, outside of training. What does that look like for your family life? What does that look like for your professional life? Maybe the small business that you're trying to start on the side. By showing up on a consistent basis in running and then really proving it on the race course, we can also translate that to the other aspects of our lives. So this topic gets me really excited. It's something that I was really looking forward to sitting down and planning out and creating notes around. And it's also very fitting because I'm currently reading a book around the same topic. The title of the book is Peak, Secrets from the New Science of Expertise. And that is a book that I will link in the show notes and I will refer to throughout this episode. There's also another book that I've read twice. I haven't read it in about a year now. Ironically, the name of this book also has the word peak in it as well, but this book is titled Peak Performance, Elevate Your Game, Avoid Burnout, and Thrive with the New Science of Success. Both of those are excellent books. I'm wrapping up the first book that I mentioned here in the next few days, but there were just so many takeaways that I've had even to this point. And then it it made me reflect on 
my two readings of the former book that I just mentioned. And I just love the topic. I love the idea that we can become students of whatever craft we are interested in and whatever craft we want to develop. And if you're listening to this podcast, I hope that you are interested and you are a student of your running and your training. Even if you're working with a coach, see what you can learn from the coach. See how you can do your own research and ask the right questions of yourself and of your ability to show up and perform to the program that the coach has prescribed for you. So I'll refer to those two books throughout the episode, but let's dive right into it. We're going to talk performance and we're going to talk potential. First and foremost, I want to define performance. What is it? Uh, When you Google it, which is obviously the the way that I'm going to uh, look up the definition of it, it is the process of carrying out or accomplishing an action, task, or goal. So we can view it, and we probably will throughout this episode, view it in the context of running and running a race, whether it be road running maybe a 5K, 10K, half marathon, full marathon, or maybe you're running a trail race at any of those distances that I just listed or even an ultra marathon. No matter what the goal is, you want to show up and you want to achieve the standard that you've planned for and that you've trained for. So that's what we're going to be talking about when we're talking about Achieving to the highest level possible and finding your potential on that day. There's two parts to that, really. There's the present day potential, what you can achieve right now. And then there's the potential that carries over into the future. And where you're at right now, if we continue training and moving forward, you will expand on that potential. And that's a very important concept that I've taken from this book that I'm currently reading, Peak, is that when we practice and when we train, we are not training towards a potential that is stagnant. Like we're not searching for this thing that we're then going to achieve and it's over. And then we're going to simply regress. What we're actually doing is we are expanding on that potential. So our ability to practice and train appropriately, and I'm about to discuss what appropriate practice and training looks like, feels like, is science-backed. We are expanding our potential we're becoming better than what we can currently achieve. So my top end potential today is going to be completely different today than it will be in a year if I continue to train and implement the appropriate strategies and practices to get better. So your skills and your abilities are not fixed, and that should be a very exciting thing because that means that Whatever the craft that you want to develop, you have a potential and you can push the limits of that. And you can get very good at it if you're willing to implement the concept that this book 
discusses in detail, which is deliberate practice. Deliberate practice. That term, which is defined and explained and broken down into a few different components, allows you to further what is possible for yourself. So for us as runners, we want to implement deliberate practice to be able to run farther, run faster, and perform better, to set new PRs, to push the limits of our potential. What is deliberate practice? I'll give you the overview of it, but like I said, if you're interested in this book, it will be in the show notes, and I highly recommend it if you're interested in kind of some of these science-backed pieces of information. If that's a topic that interests you, if those are the types of books that you enjoy reading, definitely dive into it. Deliberate practice can be broken down into a few different components. Number one, it is informed and guided. So when we think about what that means, that means that we're not just going out and running, hoping to get better. Rather, we are running in a way that is proven to improve the quality of your running and your abilities to run better and faster and farther. So oftentimes, these practices are taken from top performers. So if you're working with a coach or even if you're going online and you're downloading a marathon training program, a 16-week program to get you to your goal race. The practices, the strategies, the workouts within that program should be and are probably very similar to, on a scale, everything is relative, the way that we train, the paces that we run, the volume and intensity that we have in our training is relative to us. But on a scale the strategies of that training program is probably based on principles that have led to success for runners in the past, specifically top performers. That is a concept of deliberate practice. Second, it is that we are developing skills based off technique and practice. So let's say that you have a workout. That workout is informed, as we said in that first principle, by what works. We also need to focus on our skill and ability to perform to that standard. So we can't just show up, throw on our shoes, and hope for the best. We have to consider how we're showing up. How are we training? Are we setting ourselves up for success? The way that I look at it, when I think of the word skill for running specifically, I think about your running efficiency, your turnover or your cadence, your ability to run to the standard of the workout. So if the workout has you running intervals at a specific pace, you're going to follow that and you're going to trust that. And trust is a very big part of achieving your full potential as we'll discuss moving forward. But deliberate practice is skill-based. 
is focused on technique development within whatever practice you're pursuing. A very important concept that we've discussed, and I really thought it was cool to see it in the book that I'm reading now because it was also a key part of the book that I read a few months ago, which is that work must be done outside of your comfort zone. However, it must be done in a very specific place outside of your comfort zone. We can't write a workout or hope to perform far outside of our comfort zone. We can't overreach. That will not allow us to progress, but rather we should be able to perform for just manageable challenges. So things that are outside of our comfort zone and are going to require an amount of skill and effort and strategy to achieve, but that we can achieve. And maybe we don't achieve it on that day, but it is within the realm of possibility. It is in that area of our current potential. So this is where it's extremely important. If you've never worked with a coach as a runner, this is where working with a coach as opposed to either doing your own programming or downloading a program from the internet, it's very helpful because the coach can diagnose where your level of capability and proficiency is and they can prescribe workouts that are just outside of your comfort zone and ability level. Those just manageable challenges allow you to progress at the appropriate rate without overreaching or burning out. The final two principles here. I'll start with the one that you set and then the one that you have to stick to. You have to set specific goals and you have to set outcomes that you are looking to work towards. Deliberate practice requires that there is a purpose behind what you're doing. So you're achieving something that is possible to achieve, but that will require, and this is going into the final component of deliberate practice that we'll discuss today, your full attention and conscious action guided work. So like I formerly mentioned, you can't just show up and train and hope for the best. The analogy that was used in the book is that if you've never played tennis before, you can go to the tennis court a few times a week for the next two months, and you can just get used to swinging the racket, running around the court, figuring out how to hit the ball to the other side of the net. You can do that, and you will see improvement. You'll actually see a pretty rapid rate of improvement if you've never played tennis before and you're a brand-new beginner. However, those improvements will stagnate. They will stop if you don't begin to then implement these practices of deliberate work, deliberate training, And that's why it's so important for runners, whether I'm speaking to someone who is just now getting into running or someone who has been running for months and years, deliberate practice and really being focused on the training that you're doing, especially if you have a specific goal in mind, is extremely important to achieving a potential or 
performing at a high level for yourself because you can't get there by just going through the motions. You have to be able to turn the right dials in a way at the right moments to be able to improve. So I wanted to discuss those components of deliberate practice because I feel like they set the stage for what is to follow in our discussion of trying to achieve our full potential. Now, what I want to discuss is the two timelines of your potential. Your potential in the future, meaning you have a goal maybe a few months from now or in the next year that you want to achieve, and you're going to piece together whether it be by yourself or with the help of a coach, a training plan to get you there. And we're going to view that as the macro lens for your training. It's a longer-term timeline that you're going to be working towards. And really what we're focusing on there is your training. We're focused on how you can show up on a consistent basis in your training And perform to a standard that then moves the needle forward and allows you to get better. It's it's almost like that concept of getting 1% better each day. It's overused for sure. It is something that people say, and I think it's said so much that it loses its meaning. But when we're talking about getting 1% better, or even if it's half of a percentage point better, whatever it may be, that's all about consistency. So when we're talking about the macro lens and how to expand your potential on a a larger scale over the course of weeks and months, potentially even years, we need to talk about consistency and showing up as your best self on a regular basis and being really deliberate within your training. And that can be a really hard thing to do because burnout's a real thing. The stress of life and everything going on outside of running is a real thing, but it's definitely doable if you understand what you need to do. So we're going to break down the macro, what it looks like to achieve your full potential on a larger, more expanded timeline. And then I really want to get into kind of what sparked this idea for this episode, which is the micro the day of is what I'm considering as the micro, which means that the work is done. You've performed the training. They say the hay is in the barn and now it's race day and you're stepping to the start line. How do you achieve your full potential on that day? How do you not let that opportunity slip by making a mistake or by overlooking something that you should have considered in that process, in that race. So we're going to discuss both of those. And I do want to start with the macro, the training, before race day. How do we show up on a consistent basis from run to run, week to week, to get better? I'm going to run through five ways that I've identified that can help you. And some of these will be pulled from that concept of deliberate practice that I've already discussed. 
and some of them will be newly entered into our conversation here. Let's focus on these five ways to set you up for success in your training. And this is a very timely moment to have this conversation as we head into the summer, right? There's not typically a ton of races or at least goal races that runners are training for in the summer. The summer is the time that you put in the work. And if the work isn't put in in the summer, it shows in your goal race in the fall. So let's look at five ways that we can put in the appropriate work in the summer to get the most out of it. Number one, again, going back to deliberate practice, clarify the goal. Know what you're working towards and honestly obsess over it. It's okay to be motivated by a goal. You don't have to only train for training's sake. You don't only have to run because you love running. Certainly, never lose that love for running at the expense of a goal. But to have a goal and to be very focused and driven towards that goal is a superpower. And it is something that highly effective and accomplished athletes do. They obsess over their goals. So if you truly want to not only find your full potential, but develop your full potential, it is necessary to understand what your goal is. And also important to understand that make sure it's a goal that you know with the proper work you can achieve. What I mean by that is I think it's important to look towards the next goal. So for me, my next goal will be this fall. I have the goal of running a sub 250 marathon. I believe that I will achieve that goal this fall because I believe that I'll put in the appropriate work over the coming months and then I will show up ready on race day and I'll perform. I believe in myself in that way. But that's my goal right now and that will be a PR if I'm able to run that time and achieve that goal on race day. However, I'm not going to fool myself into believing that that's the best I'll ever run over the next, let's say, five to 10 years. But I'm more driven by my ability to achieve a goal this fall as opposed to my ability to achieve a goal in the next five years. So identify the goal and make sure it's something that, in a way, has some urgency behind it. Because when we have a goal that's too far out, it's too long-term, we don't feel the urgency and we don't feel that pressure that I was discussing earlier that I feel like is so valuable for us as athletes. Apply that pressure to yourself. Get used to feeling that pressure and performing under that pressure. Goals will help you do that, especially goals that are on a shorter time scale. I think anything 12 months or fewer, so year-long goals or less, there should be some urgency behind and you should be able to apply the appropriate pressure towards in your training and in your mindset towards that. The second thing that we can do to set yourself up for success is to make the necessary sacrifices. 
top-end performance does require an imbalanced approach. What do I mean by that? You hear a lot the importance of balance. We need balance in our lives. We have to be able to juggle all of these different things that are coming in and going out and are constantly moving around in the whirlwind of our lives. At some point, if you want to perform to your true potential, there does have to be sacrifices that are made. Typically, just to kind of be as general as possible with what a sacrifice looks like, it's a sacrifice of your time and your energy. You are sacrificing both of those things for a given period of time to ensure that you can show up strong, prepared, and ready to perform. I like to use the analogy of a fighter in this instance. If you consider a fighter, whether it be boxing or MMA, they typically seclude themselves uh, for about two to three months leading into the fight. They call it training camp or fight camp, whatever, whatever name they put behind it. These fighters will leave their families and go and train and eat and sleep and recover and train and truly obsess over their goal of winning that next fight that lays before them. Now, I'm not encouraging that you leave your family to go train for your next race, but the principle is there to say that sacrifices at some point do need to be made. Sometimes you won't get as much sleep is, um, as is maybe optimal for the level that you're trying to perform to. Sometimes you may have to have an inner battle with yourself as to like why you're frustrated and why you're dealing with you know these emotions that can sometimes accompany like a high level of training and the stimulus that that forces upon your body. These are just a few examples of the sacrifice, like going out for a long run during marathon prep on a weekend is going to take a hefty chunk of your weekend day. That's a sacrifice of time that you have to make. So expect the sacrifices. Understand that you don't get to achieve to a high level without making those sacrifices. That's not to say that you have to make the sacrifices. You don't. You don't have to. But don't expect to show up and find your full potential if you haven't made the sacrifices. The third thing is to implement systems. I purposely placed this tip after the sacrifice because systems do help to accommodate the stress of the sacrifices that you're making. With effective systems, we can balance out the struggle of time and energy. And systems take work. They take practice. Typically, the more experienced you are as a runner, the more training cycles that you've done in preparation for a marathon, the better your quality of systems. And systems are extremely unique to you as an athlete 
and how you show up best to perform and also unique to your life outside of training. So ask the question, how can you reduce the resistance that's coming at you? The resistance that you don't have enough time. The resistance that you're not getting enough rest and recovery. How can you reduce that resistance and set yourself up for success on a consistent basis by establishing systems in your life? Like I said, it's going to be unique. It's going to be something that is probably developed through trial and error. But when you have implemented the appropriate systems for you and for your training and for your goals, that's where you can really find a solid stretch of training. Kind of like the flow state equivalent of a training cycle where everything just seems to be clicking. And when those things happen, that doesn't necessarily mean that performance is guaranteed but it does mean that you're going to build a lot of fitness in your training and that you'll probably show up to race day very confident, which is something that you have to earn. Confidence is not something that you can fool yourself into believing is there. You know if you believe in your ability to achieve a goal or not. So implement those systems. It will help to take some of the pressure off the sacrifices that you may have to make And it will help you to be more confident in yourself as an athlete and in your training. Number four, be a student of the craft. Want to learn. Like have the desire to learn about yourself, about the strategies that go into the programming that you're running, and about how these high-level athletes Train and perform. What are people doing? Like establish role models. That's a great way to learn is to find someone who you view as a role model and you look up to the way that they approach this craft and you're interested in learning from. If you have a coach and you're genuinely curious about some of the training that you're receiving or maybe just some of the mindset things that go into creating programming, that helps an athlete to perform to their full potential, ask questions or do research. Have the desire to learn. I think that that is a very powerful aspect of high achievement. It's just the the ability to understand and recognize that you don't have all the answers and that's actually a good thing. And that by not having all the answers, you can then channel your energy in the appropriate way to be able to learn which then allows you to expand on your full potential. Your potential will never be stagnant if you continue to learn. So be a student of your craft. The fifth and final tip that I believe will set yourself up for success in your work towards a goal is to give 100% to each day's purpose. So by that I mean that each day is going to have a specific and unique purpose. And the thing that I love about marathon training is that it's a pretty consistent schedule. For about 12 to 16 weeks, you're running a very similar structure of 
easy run days, workout days, and your long run day. And each day within a marathon training cycle or within really well-structured running has a purpose. So if your purpose for that day is to run easy and to keep your heart rate low, that's what you need to give 100% towards achieving. You need to run the prescribed distance or time, and you, you need to run it in the prescribed heart rate zone, which for easy running is probably a zone two heart rate, which again is going to be a little bit unique for each athlete, but that you can do the research on if you don't already know what your zone two heart rate is, or if you're working with a coach, you can ask them what that looks like if they haven't already explained it to you. But the point being that there's a purpose to that training day. If you don't run your easy runs easy, that doesn't allow you to show up as your best self in a workout. So maybe if you have a a track workout on a Wednesday, but you ran your easy runs on Monday and Tuesday way too hard, you're not showing up in position to perform on that track workout day. So giving almost a hint into the micro of performing to your full potential, you want to be able to show up and perform to your full potential on a workout day or on a long run day. Because being able to perform on those key workouts are going to allow you to then build the necessary fitness to achieve your goal in the grand scheme of the training cycle. So understanding what the purpose is each day and being 100% focused on that purpose. Going back to the concept of deliberate practice, the goal is specific. The goal of every single training session should be specific towards what your body needs to adapt and become a better runner. We need easy running days. This is something that is informed and guided by the success of top performing athletes and runners that they run you know a given percentage of their training at an easy pace and then they have specific workout days and all of these things are then carried down into your training to achieving your full potential but if we're not giving 100% effort and focus towards the individual goal of the day then we're potentially sabotaging the larger plan for our training. So those are the five tips that I would give anyone if you are considering a goal in the next 12 months. In the next 12 months, you know, whether it be a fall marathon or whether you have something in mind for next spring, you can do those five things on a consistent basis and you can just continue to show up and put in the work you will get better and you will be on the right track to achieving your full potential. Now let's talk about the day of. This is the part that I get really excited discussing. Um, I think everyone, for the most part, loves race day. Like the energy of race day, um, you know, whether it be you know, just a local 5K or whether it be you know, you know, something like the Boston Marathon, the energy is unmatched and it's something that's so unique for each person, but there's still the camaraderie and the excitement that just kind of overflows from 
the start line. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the day of performance. I want to talk about it in three ways. I want to discuss decision-making, trust, and will. Decision-making, your ability to make the appropriate decisions in the appropriate timetable, in the heat of the moment probably. Your ability to trust yourself, trust your training, trust your coach, trust your strategy, trust your abilities, and then your will to overcome whatever challenges are going to present themselves, whether you could have anticipated them or not. We're going to discuss how you can leverage each of those three components to make the most of race day. So the first one, make informed decisions. When we are training for a race, I view long runs and big workout days during a marathon prep as simply the opportunity to rehearse race day, which means that if I have a, if I have a hard time during a long run and I'm struggling through any number of factors that could present themselves during a long training run. I try to separate myself from the negative emotions that typically accompany that challenge. And I consider, if this presents itself on race day, how can I overcome it? And then what you're doing is, you're reframing the previously frustrating thing that you were experiencing, and now you're actually viewing it as an opportunity to practice and to implement solutions. And sure, we hope that, you know, that same problem won't come up on race day. We all want the perfect race day scenario to occur. But the reality is that very infrequently is that the case. And also that just because a problem comes up on race day does not mean that you cannot perform to your full potential. The best athletes, the most coveted athletes in the history of sports are the people who are able to face a challenge and to still perform just as well as if they hadn't faced the challenge. And that power and ability is found by viewing every seemingly insignificant challenge that may come up in your training cycle as an opportunity to develop a skill set to overcome what may occur on race day. So to make informed decisions is a practice. It is something that you have to develop. It is an intuition. And through every single experience that you face, beginning yesterday through whatever day you want to achieve a goal, every experience that you face, you are stronger for, so long as you're able to go into it with the correct mindset of being a student, going back to the idea of being a student, like what can you learn from that challenge that you're currently facing 
and what can you then take away so that if it comes up again, which it probably will at some point, whether it be on race day or just another training day down the road, you are better prepared for it. Another aspect of making informed decisions, specifically on race day, is the understanding that everything is a battle between risk versus reward. And you can't get too caught up in that. Like we've already said, there's a pressure to racing and to setting big goals for yourself. The idea that we're all going to achieve our full potential is not true. The majority of people don't put themselves in the appropriate position to achieve their full potential. So that when they get there and when you get into that position, you may feel the pressure and you may try to overanalyze some of the decisions that you must make in a race, whether it be a decision based around um, pacing during the race, fueling, uh, you know, whatever it may be. uh, If there's weather issues that come up, how you handle those weather issues There's a risk versus reward outcome that comes with every single one of these decisions. And becoming more attuned to the ability that we have to be decisive and to act instead of waiting and overanalyzing. We have to be able to take action. And if it doesn't work out, and if it ends up being a a greater risk than the reward, that was an opportunity to learn. That is something that you can then take into the next experience of being decisive and making informed decisions because the more decisions you make, the more informed you are. But you do have to be conscious in reflection. This will be the final note on making informed decisions is that during a training cycle, really reflect on how things are going. Why are they going well? Why are they not going well? What are you struggling with? Conscious reflection leads to informed decision-making. So be aware of that and do not devalue the importance of reflection, both in the moment and also when you're more separated from the moment. The second thing that we'll discuss in performing on race day is trusting your intuition. Kind of already hit at it a little bit on that previous one, but trusting that you've got yourself to this point and you are ready to perform. You got yourself here and you can and will achieve what you've worked for. You know, when you are training towards a a race, You're stringing together months of high effort and you're sacrificing a lot so that you can show up not only in the best shape possible and in the most prepared manner possible, but also in the most confident manner possible. And we want to make a habit of being confident in ourselves. So finding those opportunities in your training to build confidence identifying the wins that you've had in your training so that when you show up on race day, you can remind yourself 
that you are stronger than you were when you began this training cycle and that you are ready to perform. These are important things to instill in ourselves on both before race day, but also to remind ourselves of on race day. You got yourself here. You can achieve what you've worked for. Trusting your intuition is also, in my opinion, about remaining level-headed in high-stakes moments. There will be points throughout a race, you know, kind of that are going to determine both how you proceed mentally and emotionally, but also physically, because the mental and emotional side of running connects very closely to the physical and vice versa. But believe it or not, you actually have more control over the mind and your emotions. So you must remain level-headed. You must practice remaining level-headed in those moments. Going back to the idea that when you're faced with a challenge in a training run, instead of getting frustrated about it and just writing the day off as a failure, make the most of it. And if you can make the most of something like that, that means that you'll be more prepared on race day when you get to, let's say, mile 15 and something begins to go wrong, you can take control and not allow your emotions to control you. It's crucial for performance. It's crucial for identifying your potential. I feel like far too many races have been ruined by someone's inability to manage and take control of what's going on in their heads. And at the end of the day, you can't fake preparedness. If you are conditioned both physically and mentally for these high stakes moments, you will be ready. But you can't go into a race saying that you're ready if you're not. And if you haven't made the sacrifices necessary, if you haven't done the work necessary outside of simply tying up your shoes and putting in the mileage, if you haven't truly been deliberate with your thought processes and with how you face adversity, if you haven't done that, that means you are not conditioned to the mental approach that is necessary for potential fulfillment. We discussed this in last week's episode that sometimes we need to choose the hard way. We were discussing hill training and it's like, okay, you know, maybe hills aren't prescribed in that workout and maybe you're concerned about hitting your paces for that workout. But sometimes it's okay to take the turn and run the hill and put yourself in a bad position or in a harder position because by leveraging those challenges in training and almost training to a harder standard than you will race, you are putting yourself in a better position to be prepared for any potential challenges that you'll face on race day. And at that point, you can then trust that you are then ready to handle whatever comes your way so that when you are faced with something and you realize that it could be a problem, you know you can handle it. And one final note here, too, on intuition. Something that we've discussed a lot in this podcast is performance standards. And just as a reminder on what performance standards are, to me, they're, they're controllable factors. So 
you know, we can't often control a lot of things in racing. Um, in many ways, we can't control the result. We certainly can't over-control the result. But there are a list of things that we can control, and we have to be able to identify those in our training and before the race and to then be able to maximize those things. So the way that we respond to adversity would be one of those things. The way that we fulfill um, the pacing strategy that we have for that race, we don't want to go against our performance standards as an athlete at the expense of anything because when you go against your performance standards and who you identify as as an athlete, you put yourself in a position of then losing track of what even the goal was because you get caught up more so in every little decision that you make or every little thing that's going on around you that you forget to look within. You forget to look at what's going on in your body and in your mind. And you can show up to a lot of these races and there's a lot of people out on the course. There's a lot of energy, and the energy is a great thing until you can't handle it. So when we consider performance standards, we're considering what we can control. We're considering the action that we can take and not the result that we hope to achieve. Right action leads to the results that we want. But if we're taking actions that maybe we weren't even prepared to take because we're taking we're just making these decisions without an informed approach then there's no dependability on what the result may be and there's no dependability that you will even be able to reflect on really what happened in the race you're going to look back and say it's all kind of a blur because you just started acting without thinking there always has to be conscious thought behind the way that we perform as an athlete and how we're going to show up no matter what's happening around us as an athlete. That's what a performance standard is, and that's the importance of it. The final note, the final thing that I believe we really need to focus on as athletes in order to perform to our full potential on race day is sheer will. And our ability to will our goal and our desires into existence. And I believe that there's more power to this than science can even back. Because it's not something you can really study. You must want it. You have to want it. You have to, in a way, be obsessed with it. And you have to be able to value how much you want to achieve over comfort. Because truly... Our minds give up before our bodies do. Every single time, 10 times out of 10, your mind will quit first. You have to be able to train your mind through discomfort and through the ability to display will and see that you can continue to display will and overcome that discomfort to then be able to do it on race day. Your purpose must be stronger 
than your desire to quit. And to me, it all comes back to the question of why are you doing it in the first place? What is your purpose as an athlete? Beyond simply wanting the accolades of a new PR, why do you do this? What are you trying to show yourself about yourself? What are you trying to instill within yourself? What lessons are you trying to learn about yourself as a person? Asking those questions leads you into your purpose. This is where I'll refer back to Peak Performance, the book that I've read twice now. Haven't read in a few months, but so many of the concepts of this book stick with me throughout my training and throughout my life. And, you know, just the idea of personal development, both as an athlete and as a person. And there's a quote that I love in this book. It is, if you want to endure more effort, you may need to increase your motivation. To increase motivation, link your work to a greater purpose. So breaking that quote down, you want to endure more effort. Like if you want to run a marathon faster than you've ever run a marathon before, in a way, your goal is as simple as enduring more than you've ever endured before. I love the word endurance. The idea that we are just competing in endurance is so cool because truly all it means, like beyond all of the strategic training that goes into it and the way that we do, you know, we must have our bodies adapt to the training. We must be in shape to be able to perform to a certain level. At the end of the day, we are just enduring discomfort. And if we want to endure more effort over the course of 13.1 or 26.2 miles, I find this part of the quote interesting that you may need to increase your motivation. The reason I find that part interesting is because motivation isn't something that I would typically really, you know, give much power to. But in this context, what the authors are saying is that you need to increase the desire that you have to push through the discomfort more than the desire to quit. That is motivation in this context. The motivation to continue forward when every other part of your mind is telling you to stop. So if we want to increase our motivation, we have to be able to link the work that we're doing, the running that we're doing out on that race course, to a greater purpose, to a larger why. That is what you're doing. That is the importance of a purpose. And when that purpose is in place, you can will your goals into existence. You can make something happen. And mile by mile, I've talked about this feeling before, and it's one of the most powerful feelings that you can get in running at any distance, is that mile by mile, you start to realize that you can do it. Think about a marathon, mile 18, you just want to stop, like it's starting to hurt. Mile 19, you showed yourself that you can run one more mile, mile 20, 21, 22, until it gets to a point where you still feel the discomfort, but all of that is secondary to the goals that you have for yourself, to the purpose that you are desiring to fulfill. And by having that in place, we can will our goals into existence and we can achieve a potential that we may have never thought possible. 
That is the power of purpose. That is the power of sheer will. And like I said, I don't know that it can be measured. I don't know that there's science to back up anything that I'm saying right now. But I've felt it, and I've seen it on full display. And if you turn on sports at any level, sometimes even the lower levels of sports, the purpose for the athletes is more evident. It's on display. Will is important. And you can will your goals into existence on race day, assuming that the training has been done and that you have put everything else in place and controlled every other factor that we've already mentioned that is important for you to control. So those are my three ideas on how do you achieve your full potential on race day? Again, decision-making, trust in yourself and in your training, and will. Those three things, I believe, are a recipe for success, whether it be achieving the goal that you had for yourself or just learning more about yourself as an athlete. I want to close this episode with a few things that I think are important to remember when we reflect on a race. So whether you achieved your goal or you didn't, it's extremely important that you reflect on that moment. Oftentimes, you know, these, these races stick with us. They're important to us. They're pivotal moments in our lives. And we should really reflect on them, and we should honor them in that way. So a few things that I think we should remember when we're reflecting on a big effort like a race. Number one, comparison is truly the thief of joy. You may achieve your goal, and you may set a new PR, and that joy and pride and happiness can be dashed so quickly by then seeing someone else who ran faster than you. So I think it's important that in those moments, really focus on why you're proud of yourself, how you got to this point, and who's there for you. I don't think it's a time, I know it's not a time to compare. There's not many good times to compare in this, in this pursuit, especially not after a big effort. So don't sacrifice all that you've invested into your training and into this aspect of your life at the expense of comparing your results to another person. Number two, there are always factors outside of your control. These uncontrollable factors might prevent you from achieving your full potential. You may fall short because of something that you were unable to control. But those uncontrollable factors never have the power to stop you from giving 100%. 100% is always 100%. You can always give your best. And giving your best on a, a given day where... The factors weren't in your favor may look in terms of the clock, the time on the clock, or relative effort. It may look a lot different. It may feel a lot different. But at the end of the day, the things that you cannot control have nothing to say about your ability to give 100%. You are squarely in control of that. And anyone who walks out of a race experience and starts talking about what they couldn't control if that's one of the first things that they're discussing, that shows you where their mind was. They weren't prepared to control everything that they were able to control, 
and they weren't prepared to give 100%. If anything, they may have been looking for reasons to not give 100%. They may be looking for reasons to not choose discomfort over the relief of slowing down and embracing just a little bit more comfort than they currently have. You have the ability to give 100%. And at the cornerstone of every race reflection, you should be able to ask, did I leave it all out on that course? And if you don't really know how to do that yet, start practicing in your training. What does it look like to leave it all out there in a given workout? What does it look like to leave it all out there through the small actions of your day? You can start to learn a lot about yourself by channeling what your 100% effort looks like. The final thing that I think is important to remember in reflecting on an effort, belief matters. It matters that you're confident in yourself. It matters that you care about what you're doing. But again, you can never fool yourself into an achievement that wasn't earned. You can never make yourself believe something that isn't true. So if you're not prepared for a race, you'll know it once you get into the the hard moments of that race. You'll know if you believe in yourself or not, or if you're just trying to fool yourself. And then a final message as we wrap this episode. We all have the ability to realize our potential. It's just a matter of if you're going to put in the deliberate practice necessary to realizing that potential. But you have the ability to take ownership over that. You have the power over your life to choose the necessary discomfort to force growth. The necessary stress that allows you to grow as a person and as an athlete. Our ability to realize our full potential is a gift and something that far too many people sacrifice at the expense of comfort. So at the forefront of your everyday pursuit of better, you need to ask yourself, are you choosing the easy way or are you choosing the hard way that's going to allow you to realize your full potential and what you're truly capable of? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I had a lot of fun preparing for it and really thinking through some of these concepts. I didn't want to dive too deep into the training specifics of how we can run a faster race. I really wanted to focus on the mindset, and I hope you enjoyed that aspect of it. If you did, please reach out to me. You can find me on social media at Austin Myers 12. Would love to hear some of your takeaways from this race. And I'd also love to hear what you're training for in the next 12 months. What goal do you have and what are you looking forward to working towards? You can listen to new releases of the Elevate Your Running podcast every single Thursday discussing ways that you can elevate your running and your life through some of these principles that we discuss on the podcast. So thank you for listening. I hope that you have a great week. I hope that your training is going well and that you'll come back next week. 